Section 13 of Lourdes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please contact LibriVox.org. Lourdes by Emile Zola. Translated by Ernest Visitelli. The Third Day. 3. The Night Procession. As soon as night had fallen, Marie, still lying on her bed at the hospital of Our Lady of Dolour, became extremely impatient, for she had learned through Madame de Jonquière that Baron Suire had obtained from Father Fourcade the necessary permission for her to spend the night in front of the grotto. Thus she kept on questioning Sister Hyacinthe, asking her, Pray, Sister, is it not yet nine o'clock? No, my child, it is scarcely half-past eight, was the reply. Here is a nice woollen shawl for you to wrap round you at daybreak, for the garve is close by, and the mornings are very fresh, you know, in these mountainous parts. Oh, but the nights are so lovely, sister, and besides, I sleep so little here, replied Marie. I cannot be worse off out of doors. Mon Dieu, how happy I am! How delightful it will be to spend the whole night with the Blessed Virgin! The entire ward was jealous of her for to remain in prayer before the grotto all night long was the most ineffable of joys the supreme beatitude it was said that in the deep peacefulness of night the chosen ones undoubtedly beheld the virgin but powerful protection was needed to obtain such a favour as had been granted to marie for nowadays the reverend fathers scarcely liked to grant it as several sufferers had died during the long vigil falling asleep as it were in the midst of their ecstasy you will take the sacrament at the grotto to-morrow morning before you are brought back here won't you my child resumed sister hyacinthe however nine o'clock at last struck and pierre not arriving the girl wondered whether he usually so punctual could have forgotten her the others were now talking to her of the night procession which she would see from beginning to end if she only started at once the ceremonies concluded with a procession every night but the sunday one was always the finest and that evening it was said would be remarkably splendid such indeed as was seldom seen nearly thirty thousand pilgrims would take part in it each carrying a lighted taper the nocturnal marvels of the sky would be revealed the stars would descend upon earth at this thought the sufferers began to bewail their fate what a wretched lot was theirs to be tied to their beds unable to see any of those wonders at last madame de jonquiere approached marie's bed my dear girl said she here is your father with monsieur l'abbé radiant with delight the girl at once forgot her weary waiting oh pray let us make haste pierre she exclaimed pray let us make haste they carried her down the stairs and the young priest harnessed himself to the little car which gently rolled along under the star-studded heavens while monsieur de guersin walked beside it the night was moonless but extremely beautiful the vault above looked like deep blue velvet spangled with diamonds and the atmosphere was exquisitely mild and pure fragrant with the perfumes from the mountains many pilgrims were hurrying along the street all bending their steps towards the grotto but they formed a discreet pensive crowd with naught of the fairfield lounging character of the daytime throng and as soon as the plateau de la merlas was reached the darkness spread out you entered into a great lake of shadows formed by the stretching lawns and lofty trees and saw nothing rising on high save the black tapering spire of the basilica pierre grew rather anxious on finding that the crowd became more and more compact as he advanced already on reaching the place du rosaire it was difficult to take another forward step there is no hope of getting to the grotto yet a while he said the best course would be to turn into one of the pathways behind the pilgrim's shelter-house and wait there 
marie however greatly desired to see the procession start oh pray try to go as far as the gave said she i shall then see everything from a distance i don't want to go near monsieur de guersin who was equally inquisitive seconded this proposal don't be uneasy he said to pierre i am here behind and will take care to let nobody jostle her pierre had to begin pulling the little vehicle again it took him a quarter of an hour to pass under one of the arches of the inclined way on the left hand so great was the crush of pilgrims at that point then taking a somewhat oblique course he ended by reaching the quay beside the gave where there were only some spectators standing on the sidewalk so that he was able to advance another fifty yards at last he halted and backed the little car against the quay parapet in full view of the grotto will you be all right here he asked oh yes thank you only you must sit me up i shall then be able to see much better monsieur de guersin raised her into a sitting posture and then for his part climbed upon the stonework running from one to the other end of the quay a mob of inquisitive people had already scaled it in part like sightseers waiting for a display of fireworks and they were all raising themselves on tiptoe and craning their necks to get a better view pierre himself at last grew interested although there was so far little to see some thirty thousand people were assembled and every moment there were fresh arrivals all carried candles the lower parts of which were wrapped in white paper on which a picture of our lady of lourdes was printed in blue ink however these candles were not yet lighted and the only illumination that you perceived above the billowy sea of heads was the bright forge-like glow of the taper-lighted grotto a great buzzing arose whiffs of human breath blew hither and thither and these alone allowed you to realize that thousands of serried stifling creatures were gathered together in the black depths like a living sea that was ever eddying and spreading there were even people hidden away under the trees beyond the grotto in distant recesses of the darkness of which one had no suspicion at last a few tapers began to shine forth here and there like sudden sparks of light spangling the obscurity at random their number rapidly increased aeos of stars were formed whilst at other points there were meteoric trails milky ways so to say flowing amidst the constellations the thirty thousand tapers were being lighted one by one their beams gradually increasing in number till they obscured the bright glow of the grotto and spread from one to the other end of the promenade the small yellow flames of a gigantic brazier oh how beautiful it is pierre murmured marie it is like the resurrection of the humble the bright awakening of the souls of the poor it is superb superb repeated monsieur de guersin with impassioned artistic satisfaction do you see those two trails of light yonder which intersect one another and form a cross pierre's feelings however had been touched by what marie had just said he was reflecting upon her words there was truth in them taken singly those slender flames those mere specks of light were modest and unobtrusive like the lowly it was only their great number that supplied the effulgence the sun-like resplendency fresh ones were continually appearing farther and farther away like waifs and strays ah murmured the young priest do you see that one which has just begun to flicker all by itself far away do you see it marie do you see how it floats and slowly approaches until it is merged in the great lake of light in the vicinity of the grotto one could see now as clearly as in the daytime the trees illumined from below were intensely green like the painted trees in stage scenery above the moving brazier were some motionless banners whose embroidered saints and silken cords showed with vivid distinctness and the great reflection ascended to the rock 
even to the basilica whose spire now shone out quite white against the black sky whilst the hillsides across the garve were likewise brightened and displayed the pale fronts of their convents amidst their sombre foliage there came yet another moment of uncertainty the flaming lake in which each burning wick was like a little wave rolled its starry sparkling as though it were about to burst from its bed and flow away in a river then the banners began to oscillate and soon a regular motion set in oh so they won't pass this way exclaimed monsieur de garcin in a tone of disappointment pierre who had informed himself on the matter thereupon explained that the procession would first of all ascend the serpentine road constructed at great cost up the hillside and that it would afterwards pass behind the basilica descend by the inclined way on the right hand and then spread out through the gardens look said he you can see the foremost tapers ascending amidst the greenery then came an enchanting spectacle little flickering lights detached themselves from the great bed of fire and began gently rising without it being possible for one to tell at that distance what connected them with the earth they moved upward looking in the darkness like golden particles of the sun and soon they formed an oblique streak a streak which suddenly twisted then extended again until it curved once more at last the whole hillside was streaked by a flaming zigzag resembling those lightning flashes which you see falling from black skies in cheap engravings but unlike the lightning the luminous trail did not fade away the little lights still went onward in the same slow gentle gliding manner only for a moment at rare intervals was there a sudden eclipse the procession no doubt was then passing behind some clump of trees but farther on the tapers beamed forth afresh rising heavenward by an intricate path which incessantly diverged and then started upward again at last however the time came when the lights no longer ascended for they had reached the summit of the hill and begun to disappear at the last turn of the road exclamations were rising from the crowd they are passing behind the basilica said one oh it will take them twenty minutes before they begin coming down on the other side remarked another yes madame said a third there are thirty thousand of them and an hour will go by before the last of them leaves the grotto ever since the start a sound of chanting had risen above the low rumbling of the crowd the hymn of bernadette was being sung those sixty couplets between which the angelic salutation with its all-besetting rhythm was ever returning as a refrain when the sixty couplets were finished they were sung again and that lullaby of ave 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 maria came back incessantly stupefying the mind and gradually transporting those thousands of beings into a kind of wide-awake dream with a vision of paradise before their eyes and indeed at night-time when they were asleep their beds would rock to the eternal tune which they still and ever continued singing are we going to stop here asked monsieur de garcin who speedily got tired of remaining in any one spot we see nothing but the same thing over and over again marie who had informed herself by listening to what was said in the crowd thereupon exclaimed you are quite right pierre it would be much better to go back yonder under the trees i so much wish to see everything yes certainly we will seek a spot whence you may see it all replied the priest the only difficulty lies in getting away from here indeed they were now enclosed within the mob of sightseers and in order to secure a passage pierre with stubborn perseverance had to keep on begging a little room for a suffering girl Monsieur de Gersin, meantime, brought up the rear, screening the little conveyance so that it might not be upset by the jostling. 
whilst marie turned her head still endeavouring to see the sheet of flame spread out before the grotto that lake of little sparkling waves which never seemed to diminish although the procession continued to flow from it without a pause at last they all three found themselves out of the crowd near one of the arches on a deserted spot where they were able to breathe for a moment they now heard nothing but the distant canticle with its besetting refrain and they only saw the reflection of the tapers hovering like a luminous cloud in the neighbourhood of the basilica the best plan would be to climb to the calvary said monsieur de guersin the servant at the hotel told me so this morning from up there it seems the scene is fairy-like but they could not think of making the ascent pierre at once enumerated the difficulties how could we hoist ourselves to such a height with marie's conveyance he asked besides we should have to come down again and that would be dangerous work in the darkness amidst all the scrambling marie herself preferred to remain under the trees in the gardens where it was very mild so they started off and reached the esplanade in front of the great crowned statue of the virgin it was illuminated by means of blue and yellow globes which encompassed it with a gaudy splendour and despite all his piety monsieur de guersin could not help finding these decorations in execrable taste there exclaimed marie a good place would be near those shrubs yonder she was pointing to a shrubbery near the pilgrim's shelter-house and the spot was indeed an excellent one for their purpose as it enabled them to see the procession descend by the gradient way on the left hand and watch it as it passed between the lawns to the new bridge and back again moreover a delightful freshness prevailed there by reason of the vicinity of the garve there was nobody there as yet and one could enjoy deep peacefulness in the dense shade which fell from the big plane trees bordering the path in his impatience to see the first tapers reappear as soon as they should have passed behind the basilica monsieur de guersin had risen on tiptoe i see nothing as yet he muttered so whatever the regulations may be i shall sit on the grass for a moment i've no strength left in my legs then growing anxious about his daughter he inquired shall i cover you up it is very cool here oh no i'm not cold father answered marie i feel so happy it is long since i breathed such sweet air there must be some roses about can't you smell that delicious perfume and turning to pierre she asked where are the roses my friend can you see them when monsieur de guersin had seated himself on the grass near the little vehicle it occurred to pierre to see if there was not some bed of roses near at hand but it was in vain that he explored the dark lawns he could only distinguish sundry clumps of evergreens and as he passed in front of the pilgrim's shelter-house on his way back curiosity prompted him to enter it this building formed a long and lofty hall lighted by large windows upon two sides with bare walls and a stone pavement it contained no other furniture than a number of benches which stood here and there in haphazard fashion there was neither table nor shelf so that the homeless pilgrims who had sought refuge there had piled up their baskets parcels and valises in the window embrasures moreover the place was apparently empty the poor folk that it sheltered had no doubt joined the procession nevertheless although the door stood wide open an almost unbearable smell reigned inside the very walls seemed impregnated with an odour of poverty and in spite of the bright sunshine which had prevailed during the day the flagstones were quite damp soiled and soaked with expectorations spilt wine and grease this mess had been made by the poorer pilgrims who with their dirty skins and wretched rags lived in the hall eating and sleeping in heaps on the benches pierre speedily came to the conclusion that the pleasant smell of roses must emanate from some other spot 
still he was making the round of the hall which was lighted by four smoky lanterns and which he believed to be altogether unoccupied when against the left-hand wall he was surprised to espy the vague figure of a woman in black with what seemed to be a white parcel lying on her lap she was all alone in that solitude and did not stir however her eyes were wide open he drew near and recognized madame vincent she addressed him in a deep broken voice rose has suffered so dreadfully to-day since daybreak she has not ceased moaning and so as she fell asleep a couple of hours ago i haven't dared to stir for fear lest she should awake and suffer again thus the poor woman remained motionless martyr mother that she was having for long months held her daughter in her arms in this fashion in the stubborn hope of curing her in her arms too she had brought her to lourdes in her arms she had carried her to the grotto in her arms she had rocked her to sleep having neither a room of her own nor even a hospital bed at her disposal isn't the poor little thing any better asked pierre whose heart ached at the sight no monsieur l'abbé no i think not but you are very badly off here on this bench you should have made an application to the pilgrimage managers instead of remaining like this in the street as it were some accommodation would have been found for your little girl at any rate that's certain oh what would have been the use of it monsieur l'abbé she is all right on my lap and besides should i have been allowed to stay with her no no i prefer to have her on my knees it seems to me that it will end by curing her two big tears rolled down the poor woman's motionless cheeks and in her stifled voice she continued i am not penniless i had thirty sous when i left paris and i still have ten left all i need is a little bread and she poor darling can no longer drink any milk even i have enough to last me till we go back and if she gets well again oh we shall be rich 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 she had leant forward while speaking and by the flickering light of a lantern near by gazed at rose who was breathing faintly with parted lips you see how soundly she is sleeping resumed the unhappy mother surely the blessed virgin will take pity on her and cure her won't she monsieur l'abbé we have only one day left still i don't despair and i shall again pray all night long without moving from here she will be cured to-morrow we must live till then infinite pity was filling the heart of pierre who fearing that he also might weep now went away yes yes my poor woman we must hope still hope said he as he left her there among the scattered benches in that deserted malodorous hall so motionless in her painful maternal passion as to hold her own breath fearful lest the heaving of her bosom should awaken the poor little sufferer and in deepest grief with closed lips she prayed ardently on pierre returning to marie's side the girl inquired of him well and those roses are there any near here he did not wish to sadden her by telling her what he had seen so he simply answered no i have searched the lawns there are none how singular she rejoined in a thoughtful way the perfume is both so sweet and penetrating you can smell it can't you at this moment it is wonderfully strong as though all the roses of paradise were flowering around us in the darkness a low exclamation from her father interrupted her monsieur de guersin had risen to his feet again on seeing some specks of light shine out above the gradient ways on the left side of the basilica at last here they come said he it was indeed the head of the procession again appearing to view and at once the specks of light began to swarm and extend in long wavering double files the darkness submerged everything except these luminous points 
which seemed to be at a great elevation and to emerge as it were from the black depths of the unknown and at the same time the everlasting canticle was again heard but so lightly for the procession was far away that it seemed as yet merely like the rustle of a coming storm stirring the leaves of the trees ah i said so muttered monsieur de guersin one ought to be at the calvary to see everything with the obstinacy of a child he kept on returning to his first idea again and again complaining that they had chosen the worst possible place but why don't you go up to the calvary papa at last said marie there is still time pierre will stay here with me and with a mournful laugh she added go you know very well that nobody will run away with me he at first refused to act upon the suggestion but unable to resist his desire he all at once fell in with it and he had to hasten his steps crossing the lawns at a run don't move he called wait for me under the trees i will tell you of all that i may see up there pierre and marie remained alone in that dim solitary nook whence came such a perfume of roses albeit no roses could be found and they did not speak but in silence watched the procession which was now coming down from the hill with a gentle continuous gliding motion a double file of quivering stars leapt into view on the left-hand side of the basilica and then followed the monumental gradient way whose curve it gradually described at that distance you were still unable to see the pilgrims themselves and you beheld simply those well-disciplined travelling lights tracing geometrical lines amidst the darkness under the deep blue heavens even the buildings at first remained vague forming but blacker patches against the sky little by little however as the number of candles increased the principal architectural lines the tapering spire of the basilica the cyclopean arches of the gradient ways the heavy squat facade of the rosary became more distinctly visible and with that ceaseless torrent of bright sparks flowing slowly downward with the stubborn persistence of a stream which has overflowed its banks and can be stopped by nothing there came as it were an aurora a growing invading mass of light which would at last spread its glory over the whole horizon look look pierre cried marie in an access of childish joy there is no end to them fresh ones are ever shining out indeed the sudden appearances of the little lights continued with mechanical regularity as though some inexhaustible celestial source were pouring forth all those solar specks the head of the procession had just reached the gardens near the crowned statue of the virgin so that as yet the double file of flames merely outlined the curves of the rosary and the broad inclined way however the approach of the multitude was foretokened by the perturbation of the atmosphere by the gusts of human breath coming from afar and particularly did the voices swell the canticle of bernadette surging with the clamour of a rising tide through which with rhythmical persistence the refrain of ave 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 maria rolled ever in a louder key ah that refrain muttered pierre it penetrates one's very skin it seems to me as though my whole body were at last singing it again did marie give vent to that childish laugh of hers it is true said she it follows me about everywhere i heard it the other night whilst i was asleep and now it is again taking possession of me rocking me wafting me above the ground then she broke off to say here they come just across the lawn in front of us the procession had entered one of the long straight paths and then turning round the lawn by way of the breton's cross it came back by a parallel path it took more than a quarter of an hour to execute this movement during which the double file of tapers resembled two long parallel streams of flame 
that which ever excited one's imagination was the ceaseless march of this serpent of fire whose golden coils crept so gently over the black earth winding stretching into the far distance without the immense body ever seeming to end there must have been some jostling and scrambling every now and then for some of the luminous lines shook and bent as though they were about to break but order was soon re-established and then the slow regular gliding movement set in afresh there now seemed to be fewer stars in the heavens it was as though a milky way had fallen from on high rolling its glittering dust of worlds and transferring the revolutions of the planets from the empyrean to the earth a bluish light streamed all around there was naught but heaven left the buildings and trees assumed a visionary aspect in the mysterious glow of those thousands of tapers whose number still and ever increased a faint sigh of admiration came from marie she was at a loss for words and could only repeat how beautiful it is mon dieu how beautiful it is look pierre is it not beautiful however since the procession had been going by at so short a distance from them it had ceased to be a rhythmic march of stars which no human hand appeared to guide for amidst the stream of light they could distinguish the figures of the pilgrims carrying the tapers and at times even recognize them as they passed first they espied la grivotte who exaggerating her cure and repeating that she had never felt in better health had insisted upon taking part in the ceremony despite the lateness of the hour and she still retained her excited demeanour her dancing gait in the cool night air which often made her shiver then the vignerons appeared the father at the head of the party raising his taper on high and followed by madame vigneron and madame chaise who dragged their weary legs whilst little gustave quite worn out kept on tapping the sanded path with his crutch his right hand covered meantime with all the wax that had dripped upon it every sufferer who could walk was there among others elise rouquet who with her bare red face passed by like some apparition from among the damned others were laughing sophie couteau the little girl who had been miraculously healed the previous year was quite forgetting herself playing with her taper as though it were a switch heads followed heads without a pause heads of women especially more often with sordid common features but at times wearing an exalted expression which you saw for a second ere it vanished amidst the fantastic illumination and there was no end to that terrible march past fresh pilgrims were ever appearing among them pierre and marie noticed yet another little black shadowy figure gliding along in a discreet humble way it was madame mars whom they would not have recognized if she had not for a moment raised her pale face down which the tears were streaming look explained pierre the first tapers in the procession are reaching the place du rosaire and i am sure that half of the pilgrims are still in front of the grotto marie had raised her eyes up yonder on the left-hand side of the basilica she could see other lights incessantly appearing with that mechanical kind of movement which seemed as though it would never cease ah she said how many how many distressed souls there are for each of those little flames is a suffering soul seeking deliverance is it not pierre had to lean over in order to hear her for since the procession had been streaming by so near to them they had been deafened by the sound of the endless canticle the hymn of bernadette the voices of the pilgrims rang out more loudly than ever amidst the increasing vertigo the couplets became jumbled together each batch of processionists chanted a different one with the ecstatic voices of beings possessed who can no longer hear themselves there was a huge indistinct clamour the distracted clamour of a multitude intoxicated by its ardent faith and meantime the refrain of ave 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 maria was ever returning rising with its frantic importunate rhythm above everything else 
all at once pierre and marie to their great surprise saw monsieur de guersin before them again ah my children he said i did not want to linger too long up there i cut through the procession twice in order to get back to you but what a sight what a sight it is it is certainly the first beautiful thing that i have seen since i have been here thereupon he began to describe the procession as he had beheld it from the calvary height imagine said he another heaven a heaven down below reflecting that above a heaven entirely filled by a single immense constellation the swarming stars seem to be lost to lie in dim faraway depths and the trail of fire is in form like a monstrance yes a real monstrance the base of which is outlined by the inclined ways the stem by the two parallel paths and the host by the round lawn which crowns them it is a monstrance of burning gold shining out in the depths of the darkness with a perpetual sparkle of moving stars nothing else seems to exist it is gigantic paramount i really never saw anything so extraordinary before he was waving his arms beside himself overflowing with the emotion of an artist father dear said marie tenderly since you have come back you ought to go to bed it is nearly eleven o'clock and you know that you have to start at two in the morning then to render him compliant she added i am so pleased that you are going to make that excursion only come back early to-morrow evening because you'll see you'll see she stopped short not daring to express her conviction that she would be cured you are right i will go to bed replied monsieur de guersin quite calmed since pierre will be with you i shan't feel anxious but i don't wish pierre to pass the night out here he will join you by and by after he has taken me to the grotto i shan't have any further need of anybody the first bearer who passes can take me back to the hospital to-morrow morning pierre had not interrupted her and now he simply said no no marie i shall stay like you i shall spend the night at the grotto she opened her mouth to insist and express her displeasure but he had spoken those words so gently and she had detected in them such a dolorous thirst for happiness that stirred to the depths of her soul she stayed her tongue well well my children replied her father settle the matter between you i know that you are both very sensible and now good-night and don't be at all uneasy about me he gave his daughter a long loving kiss pressed the young priest's hands and then went off disappearing among the serried ranks of the procession which he once more had to cross then they remained alone in their dark solitary nook under the spreading trees she still sitting up in her box and he kneeling on the grass with his elbow resting on one of the wheels and it was truly sweet to linger there while the tapers continued marching past and after a turning movement assembled on the place du rosaire what delighted pierre was that nothing of all the daytime junketing remained it seemed as though a purifying breeze had come down from the mountains sweeping away all the odour of strong meats the greedy sunday delights the scorching pestilential fairfield dust which at an earlier hour had hovered above the town overhead there was now only the vast sky studded with pure stars and the freshness of the garve was delicious whilst the wandering breezes were laden with the perfumes of wild flowers the mysterious infinite spread far around in the sovereign peacefulness of night and nothing of materiality remained save those little candle flames which the young priest's companion had compared to suffering souls seeking deliverance all was now exquisitely restful instinct with unlimited hope since pierre had been there all the heart-rending memories of the afternoon of the voracious appetites the impudent simony and the poisoning of the old town had gradually left him allowing him to savour the divine refreshment of that beautiful night 
in which his whole being was steeped as in some revivifying water a feeling of infinite sweetness had likewise come over marie who murmured ah how happy blanche would be to see all these marvels she was thinking of her sister who had been left in paris amidst all the worries of her hard profession as a teacher forced to run hither and thither giving lessons and that simple mention of her sister of whom marie had not spoken since her arrival at lourdes but whose figure now unexpectedly arose in her mind's eye sufficed to evoke a vision of all the past then without exchanging a word marie and pierre lived their childhood's days afresh playing together once more in the neighbouring gardens parted by the quickset hedge but separation came on the day when he entered the seminary and when she kissed him on the cheeks vowing that she would never forget him years went by and they found themselves forever parted he a priest she prostrated by illness no longer with any hope of ever being a woman that was their whole story an ardent affection of which they had long been ignorant then absolute severance as though they were dead albeit they lived side by side they again beheld the sorry lodging whence they had started to come to lourdes after so much battling so much discussion his doubts and her passionate faith which at last had conquered and it seemed to them truly delightful to find themselves once more quite alone together in that dark nook on that lovely night when there were as many stars upon earth as there were in heaven marie had hitherto retained the soul of a child a spotless soul as her father said good and pure among the purest stricken low in her thirteenth year she had grown no older in mind although she was now three-and-twenty she was still a child a child of thirteen who had retired within herself absorbed in the bitter catastrophe which had annihilated her you could tell this by the frigidity of her glance by her absent expression by the haunted air she ever wore unable as she was to bestow a thought on anything but her calamity and never was woman's soul more pure and candid arrested as it had been in its development she had had no other romance in life save that tearful farewell to her friend which for ten long years had sufficed to fill her heart during the endless days which she had spent on her couch of wretchedness she had never gone beyond this dream that if she had grown up in health he doubtless would not have become a priest in order to live near her she never read any novels the pious works which she was allowed to peruse maintained her in the excitement of a superhuman love even the rumours of everyday life died away at the door of the room where she lived in seclusion and in past years when she had been taken from one to the other end of france from one inland spa to another she had passed through the crowds like a somnambulist who neither sees nor hears anything possessed as she was by the idea of the calamity that had befallen her the bond which made her a sexless thing hence her purity and childishness hence she was but an adorable daughter of suffering who despite the growth of her sorry flesh harboured nothing in her heart save that distant awakening of passion the unconscious love of her thirteenth year her hand sought pierre's in the darkness and when she found it coming to meet her own she for a long time continued pressing it ah how sweet it was never before indeed had they tasted such pure and perfect joy in being together far from the world amidst the sovereign enchantment of darkness and mystery around them nothing subsisted save the revolving stars the lulling hymns were like the very vertigo that bore them away and she knew right well that after spending a night of rapture at the grotto she would on the morrow be cured of this she was indeed absolutely convinced she would prevail upon the blessed virgin to listen to her 
she would soften her as soon as she should be alone imploring her face to face and she well understood what pierre had wished to say a short time previously when expressing his desire to spend the whole night outside the grotto like herself was it not that he intended to make a supreme effort to believe that he meant to fall upon his knees like a little child and beg the all-powerful mother to restore his lost faith without need of any further exchange of words their clasped hands repeated all those things they mutually promised that they would pray for each other and so absorbed in each other did they become that they forgot themselves with such an ardent desire for one another's cure and happiness that for a moment they attained to the depths of the love which offers itself in sacrifice it was divine enjoyment ah murmured pierre how beautiful is this blue night this infinite darkness which has swept away all the hideousness of things and beings this deep fresh peacefulness in which i myself should like to bury my doubts his voice died away and marie in her turn said in a very low voice and the roses the perfume of the roses can't you smell them my friend where can they be since you could not see them yes yes i smell them but there are none he replied i should certainly have seen them for i hunted everywhere how can you say that there are no roses when they perfume the air around us when we are steeped in their aroma why there are moments when the scent is so powerful that i almost faint with delight in inhaling it they must certainly be here innumerable under our very feet no no said pierre i swear to you i hunted everywhere and there are no roses they must be invisible or they may be the very grass we tread and the spreading trees that are around us their perfume may come from the soil itself from the torrent which flows along close by from the woods and the mountains that rise yonder for a moment they remained silent then in an undertone she resumed how sweet they smell pierre and it seems to me that even our clasped hands form a bouquet yes they smell delightfully sweet but it is from you marie that the perfume now ascends as though the roses were budding from your hair then they ceased speaking the procession was still gliding along and at the corner of the basilica bright sparks were still appearing flashing suddenly from out of the obscurity as though spurting from some invisible source the vast trail of little flames marching in double file threw a riband of light across the darkness but the great sight was now on the place du rosaire where the head of the procession still continuing its measured evolutions was revolving and revolving in a circle which ever grew smaller with a stubborn whirl which increased the dizziness of the weary pilgrims and the violence of their chants and soon the circle formed a nucleus the nucleus of a nebula so to say around which the endless riband of fire began to coil itself and the brazier grew larger and larger there was first a pool then a lake of light the whole vast place du rosaire changed at last into a burning ocean rolling its little sparkling wavelets with the dizzy motion of a whirlpool that never rested a reflection like that of dawn whitened the basilica while the rest of the horizon faded into deep obscurity amidst which you only saw a few stray tapers journeying along like glowworms seeking their way with the help of their little lights however a straggling rearguard of the procession must have climbed the calvary height for up there against the sky some moving stars could also be seen eventually the moment came when the last tapers appeared down below marched round the lawns flowed away and were merged in the sea of flame thirty thousand tapers were burning there still and ever revolving quickening their sparkles under the vast calm heavens where the planets had grown pale a luminous glow ascended in company with the strains of the canticle which never ceased 
and the roar of voices incessantly repeating the refrain of ave 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 maria was like the very crackling of those hearts of fire which were burning away in prayers in order that souls might be saved the candles had just been extinguished one by one and the night was falling again paramount densely black and extremely mild when pierre and marie perceived that they were still there hand in hand hidden away among the trees in the dim streets of lourdes far off there were now only some stray lost pilgrims inquiring their way in order that they might get to bed through the darkness there swept a rustling sound the rustling of those who prowl and fall asleep when days of festivity draw to a close but the young priest and the girl lingered in their nook forgetfully never stirring but tasting delicious happiness amidst the perfume of the invisible roses end of section thirteen